Hi folks, welcome to the Ask the R podcast. Today I'm delighted to have Roy Partington from Greenfix onto uh, onto the podcast. So Greenfix, they're one of those, they're an interesting company. They provide a wide range of soil stabilisation and erosion control solutions. However, in relation to our listeners, they're probably best known for their porous cellular confinement systems. Now some of you will have been on the receiving end of the specification of using a a, a geo grid or a geo web uh, as a means for bridging across trees, root protection areas to get in things like driveways or bases for sheds and all that kind of stuff. So uh, I'm not an expert on this stuff, but I know a man who is. So Roy, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for coming Thank on. You. No, thanks, Matt. thanks for the invite. No problems, no problems. So this is I. We've had some niches on here, Roy, but this is an incredibly specialist, uh, it's specialist feed. So you know, it would be interesting for the listeners to get a little bit of background into how you've actually got to where you are today, because it's about as niche as you can get, isn't it? Absolutely, yes. And um, so my journey in the arb industry started in the late nineteen nineties. Um, I'm not an ARB consultant, um, but the company I was working for at the time um, were importing a product from America called GeoWeb. Oh, right. And GeoWeb was designed by the US Army in conjunction with our manufacturers uh, to stabilize weak ground uh, to get military equipment across it very, very quickly. Mm. And the company I worked for at the time, a company in Bolton by the name of Cooper Clark, there's a name from the past for cool, our older listeners. Yeah, I, I can just about remember that one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they um, imported GeoWeb from America. Now, GeoWeb's got a lot of applications. The main one was building roads over wheat grounds. And mm. um, we were approached by an ARB uh, consultant um, in about 1995 to have a look at a situation where APN1 was currently in use, which was a geogrid and a geotextile, um, but it used quite a lot of stone. So mm. uh, the company Cooper Clark did a trial using GeoWeb to replace um, the geogrid and geotextile, and that's where the whole three-dimensional cellular confinement, if you like, uh, interest and history um, started from in the ARB market in the old world so from there we approached all uh, the ARB consultants in the UK every tree officer in the UK and we basically told them that we got a different solution to APM1 which yeah. was the only document really at the time in BS5837 of course um, and that's when I started to talk to ARB consultants and tree officers and tree surgeons and landscape architects about trees and tree protection and making sure we didn't lose trees on development sites and 25 years later I'm still involved in it and I still love it because that you know the industry is such a friendly um industry to work in yeah. and um at the end of the day we are providing a, a very important vital to uh, solution to uh, make sure we don't lose our existing tree stock when yeah. we want to develop sites there's there's certainly nothing more satisfying than seeing a cellular confinement system that has been installed properly. Um, 
it's something we don't our head office is up in Inverness in uh, in the Highlands of Scotland and it's something you don't see very often up here in fact every time I see a track or a pathway through a mature woodland one of the very first things I do and I was <laughs> I was doing this at the weekend with my partner driving her mad uh, is start scratching away with my foot <laughs> to see if there's actually a, a, a cellular confinement system underneath there and, and sadly the answer was the answer was no so um, I, I guess with the audience in mind Roy before we dive into this a little bit further explain exactly what a cellular confinement system is and why it would be used perfect so a cellular confinement system is a honeycomb structure um, that is manufactured from strips of plastic and they the depth of those strips vary from 75 mil 100 mil 150 mil 200 mil and 300 mil those strips are then welded together a number of uh, strips sorry are welded together and they create a mattress and that mattress has been designed and the cell shape and diameter has been designed to increase the strength of the fill that you put inside it so when you're looking at a load bearing situation such as a road of a very weak ground the idea is is that a, a load that is put on the uh, stone filled geoweb will distribute the load across the mattress reducing the impact that that load would have on the surface and more importantly the the subsoil below mm. so it reduces the vertical impact of of loadings from all types of vehicles um and um because we use free draining st- clean stone um it's free draining and acts as a complete porous pavement system so the 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 confinement element is is that the the granular fill is confined in the pockets within the mattress yeah when you apply a load vertically the stone wants to move as all stone will but it hits hits the cell walls that've been created by welding the strips together it can't go anywhere so you get what's called a reverse reaction to that load and that's where you get the load spread from excellent excellent and i guess in relation to trees and the reason that it's it's used so much not only to relieve compaction or alleviate compaction but also it's the whole excavation um side of it as well isn't it Absolutely. so that's for the, for the listeners most tree roots reside in the top 50 to 60 centimeters of soil and it's the thin fibrous tree roots that are responsible for gaseous exchange so moisture and oxygen going up and down between the tree's roots and the tree's crown so any excavation in that top kind of half a meter of soil can be um have a very detrimental effect on the long-term life expectancy of the tree which is why a product like a cellular confinement system might be used for your path or or your driveway to uh to 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 get across the tree's root protection area which is uh, what we're trying to achieve isn't it it is and the testing we carried out back in the 90s was all um live testing on um soils basically Mm. And a major consulting engineer at the time, um, I'm sure they're still in practice, um, a company called Halcro, um, did some live testing where they applied loads to different thicknesses of different geowebs on soils um, to 
ascertain what depth of geoweb would be required for what type of soil condition against certain loadings. Mm. So it's a complete no dig. We don't excavate any of the ground. We can put the geoweb straight on top of a a geotextile fabric. Um, Sometimes, depending on the tree officer involved or the local authority involved, they may allow a small bit of hand dig to take off vegetation, but that's not necessarily required. Uh, You can literally put the geotextile uh, fabric on the existing grass, put your geoweb over the top, fill it with the stone. Obviously, we help. Where we come in 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 the design process, I I suppose, is that we deal with arboricultural consultants like yourselves Mm. and lots of others around the country. Um, We deal direct with um, people who have been told that they need a geocellular confinement system for the driveway and and we'll design it um, direct for them and supply it direct for them. Obviously, previously, they may have spoken to somebody like yourselves. Um, And then we, from all that information and 25 years of live projects you know we've done thousands and thousands of projects in the uk yeah you know there are thousands of developments that have been granted planning permission not just because of the tree protection scheme but obviously provide it, it sorry it um it forms part of the very important planning application yes. how we're going to protect these uh, existing trees um so we get involved from day one, with people like yourselves, we'll provide you the design information. You incorporate that into your um, arboricultural report, um, and we do everything else. Yeah, I mean, certainly one of the one of the things we've seen in the last uh, two to three years, in particular during the COVID situation, is that planning applications are being more and more front-loaded now. Um, So whereas we might put a very brief comment in that we've identified a path or a drive or some sort of hard surfacing is is going to be within a a tree's root protection area and we believe it to be tolerable if a cellular confinement system is used. And that kind of statement was, up until a number of years ago, was generally fine for an arboricultural impact assessment and a tree survey to get the planning application validated and and along the road a bit. But what we found now is that the applications are starting to be more and more front-loaded towards providing the arboricultural method statement and tree protection plan up front, which means the knock-on is that our clients and by design our listeners to this podcast are having to really deep dive into this and put a lot of information in very very early in the process post planning usually um is that does that kind of mirror with what you've experienced over the last couple of years it's certainly more recently yes Mm. um but we have again we can only we can only call upon the experience we've we've got and we have so 25 years of of doing this with uh, planners tree officers arboricultural consultants, clients direct. We've got a, an absolute wealth of information, standard information that we can provide people at early planning, at, even before early planning, that can help them and yourselves, you know, get that initial kind of uh, um, approval granted. Yeah. 
I mean, certainly with with with, res- with residential schemes, Roy, it would be it would be lovely to think that they got us involved early enough that we could provide that information. Mm-hmm. But nearly always, they've they've submitted their planning application, and then it comes back as invalid because of the, the because of the tree issues and the things that we've been yeah. uh, we've been discussing here. So there's there, there's two things that I wanted to ask you uh, about that um, that pop up all the time. And uh, the first one is relatively simple. And, well, there's actually there's three things. The first one is edge retention. So from a, from a practical perspective, what options have clients got when it comes to actually retaining the geocell? Because in some circumstances, like we've been involved with projects with the National Trust, for instance, putting um, roadways into temporary car parts and things, and quite often a timber retention uh, system is is fine there but what's what sort of options have people got open to them particularly if it's if it's domestic and they're looking for something a little bit more attractive it's a great question and it's one we get asked all the time and of course for footpaths um treated timber boards fine yeah we actually have a recycled plastic timber uh, timber lookalike board as well um which is just pegged into place you could use the um uh, uh, ever edge type steel edging right um and what we've done on a, a quite a few projects more recently albeit larger commercial uh, projects we've actually cast a concrete curb into the geoweb right so it, it's a, a much hard wearing uh, robust um edge in detail mm. so what we would do we we take the geotextile underlay beyond the geoweb we have a bit of um shuttering we cast some concrete in just into the end cell of the geoweb panels uh, and then we sit the curves in there and i've got some photographs of a project we did in bath recent well two or three years ago and the the if you if you have a, a new residential site of mm-hmm. say 10 15 20 plots for instance you're going to have a lot of construction traffic driving up the the new access road if we've got a geoweb access road in there you've got to get delivery vehicles in you've got to get site equipment in you may have to get a crane in with a timber board it only needs the hgv to hit that once and it's probably going to topple yeah. over or start breaking up so we were asked to look at obviously coming up with a way of um, integrating a concrete edge and, and it can be done. There's no leaching of the concrete into the soil because mm. the geotextile stops that. Um, and it is a very robust system. So you can edge it with absolutely anything you want. Timber, okay. recycled plastic timber, uh, steel edging and concrete curbs. No, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. That that will definitely provide some some useful thought for people. And then following on from there, which is is probably also something that gets talked about an awful lot. I know the answers to this, obviously, but again, for the for the benefit of the listeners, surfacing options. Um, so you know, obviously, you've got the you've got the infill with the clean stone. Everybody's seen the pictures of. Um, 
GeoWeb installed over a geotextile. You can see the shape of the membrane there, the black membrane. You can see the geo. Uh, you can see the stone infill. But obviously, that's from a residential perspective, and certainly from high end residential perspective, that's not what you want as your as your finished driveway. So, what sort of options have people got? What would be what would be common to be used? Again, they can use anything. The 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 key. Um, is the whole design rather than just the individual layers. So we can use standard asphalt or tarmac, mm. porous tarmac. We can use resin bone gravel because they are very, there are some systems on the market now, the resin bone gravels that are very porous. Um, we can use block paving, standard block paving or free draining porous block paving, uh, porous concrete. If we needed to, we could use plastic grids uh, filled with grass or gravel. And we have a full range of plastic pavers that you can, as I said, either have a grass driveway or a gravel driveway. And the, the, the plastic grid holds it all in place. Um, obviously, as having a porous, um, almost the porous pavement in the geo web, you want a porous surface. Absolutely. Yeah. A lot of local authorities like asphalt, so porous asphalt is perfect. Yes. But all asphalt, even standard asphalt, is porous to a degree. Mm. So you can literally surface the geoweb with any type of surfacing that obviously that uh, aesthetically the client's looking to to have. And it, would you need a specialist surfacing contractor to carry that out or would you say there's sufficient knowledge out there now that they're familiar with a geocell um, system and that surfacing over the top of that doesn't present them with any particular challenges? We, we, we send out with every delivery to every client a full installation method statement right. and that method statement covers every potential type of surfacing option so mm. everything's covered that's brilliant with regards to asphalt the, the ground workers will probably have their own asphalting company they use you can put the tarmac straight on top of the filled web it won't affect the the web the hot asphalt will not melt the geo web so there's no issue with that and then everything else it's just, you know, again, a ground worker would have people who could lay block paving, people yeah. who could lay plastic paving. So the only specialist possibly would be if it was resin bone gravel. Right, right. Okay. That's No, that's really, really interesting. And what I will do off the back of this, we'll get some resources off um, off of you and uh, we'll link those up to the podcast as well so that people can go and dig that dig that information out for themselves. And something else that, that, that comes up, Roy, and there's nearly always a lot of backwards and forwards with the tree officer to bottom, to bottom this out and with the design team as well, is that we've had a few projects just recently and particularly during covid where people have installed um a garden building of some sort that has a uh, either a driveway or a path going to it now the building itself might be installed uh on mini piles so that or screw piles so that it's sitting clear of the root protection area so you've got in some cases, quite a substantial level difference between the garage um, and the existing surface. 
what would be normal as a way of, of overcoming that to get your levels right to come from your geo cell up into a garage because that's something that comes up all the time and seems to stump architects as to what the technical solution would be there yeah the, the, it's levels with geoweb and trees is really really an important issue and you touched on something here probably you you possibly weren't meaning to um what we have to remember is the whole point of the GSL for root protection is to spread the load so that it doesn't compact the soil underneath. Yeah. That's basically and make and, and and it be free draining. They're the key elements. We don't need to or we don't want to be changing the condition of the soil to the extent where it's going to damage the roots. So building great levels up of stone in layers of GSL is not a great idea because mm. what you're doing actually is putting dead weight on the tree root or the tree roots. Uh, but where we have got a, a, a small rise, for, for me, a garden shed or an office uh, shed, the perfect base for that would be a hundred mil geoweb. Mm. It's perfect. And you can, you know, you can, uh, um, uh, kind of level out the ground underneath if you needed to by adding a bit of stone on top of the geotextile before before we put the geoweb down, then put your base or your building straight on top of the web. That's interesting because we've literally just specified that this morning um, for a small kiosk here in Inverness that um, is going on a heavily compacted matrix of grass within the root protection area of several kind of class a lime trees and it was the it was the only option so that's exactly what they're doing um, in, that, in that case so yeah that's interesting. and then all, all you can do to increase the levels is what what i tend to tell people if if it's edged if the the, the pathway is edged um and we need to come up from zero to a hundred mil to meet the, the garage, if you like, if it's sat on a 100 mil web plus the, the base, is to grade some stone first underneath the geoweb before we put the geoweb on top. Right. To try, if, if you build up layers of web, you, you've almost got to build them up um, parallel with each other. So the easiest way to create that gradient is to, as I said, use the same stone as you're putting inside the web under the web mm. to create your ramp if that's the right word obviously less 100 mil or whatever depth of web um we, we're needing uh for the traffic to then get up to the the edge of the um the garage no that makes that makes uh that makes perfect sense and you're being very generous with your time roy there, no there's, problem. there's there's one other thing that i want to ask you about and you might you might decline to comment on this particular one but are all cellular confinement systems created equal or is there real variability out there now and the reason i ask that is that um yes obviously you're going to say that your system is 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 a good system and i and i get that but from our listeners perspective they are potentially this is a significant cost or um it's a significant element of their of their project and it might be an element that they weren't particularly aware of it's certainly something they weren't planning for 
in the vast majority of cases. And it's potentially one of the areas that they may think that, look, do you know what, actually, we're going to go for the cheapest possible solution here, whop it in, nobody's, nobody's going to care. Um, what, are the, what are the pitfalls out there? Perfect. Great question. So if I could just go back in time slightly, mm. back in 2005, um, BS5837 was being revised. And I actually um, spoke with the guys who were revising that document um, to help them um, include GSLs or cellular confinement system for the very first time into BS5837. Yeah. If you move forward to APN 12, APN 12 has now outlawed, not outlawed, that's probably a strong word, but have, have basically banned the use of two-dimensional reinforcement systems for building areas over tree roots. Okay. Move that one step further on. Uh, there's another, an update uh, to APN 12 that actually indicates that GeoWeb and one other, which I won't mention, but GeoWeb and another product really are the two products that you should use when doing uh, anything around tree roots that require a, a new hard surface being installed. So, again, I'll go back in history. GeoWeb is the original geocellular confinement system mm. invented by the U.S. Army. They contacted our manufacturers because the U.S. Army were making the product out of aluminium, believe it or not, <laughs> in the 70s. It cost an yeah. absolute fortune. Presto uh, Geosystems, who manufactured GeoWeb, produced the plastic version, and the rest is literally history. Mm. So every other GSL that's on the market is a copy of GeoWeb. Right, okay. But that's not to say there aren't some decent copies. Yes. But every other one is a copy. And I and, and this is why I'm going to be completely honest, you know, and I've actually developed two or three other ones. Mm. Um, so, you know, there are some good products out there. But the key things to understand are, one, uh, the diameter of the cell is important because the bigger the diameter of the cell, the deeper the pocket, the GeoWeb or the GSL needs to be. Mm. So we're looking around no bigger than a 320 mil GSL or cell diameter. You're then looking at the weld strength because these are just strips of plastic welded together to create a honeycomb mattress. Mm. The strength of that weld is important because if that weld fails, you then are opening up the pockets. And as I've just said, the bigger the pocket, the deeper the product needs to be because you're not getting the same load strength through. Yeah, It's got to be textured because the texturing on the uh, product helps grip with the clean stone that we put inside. And it's really important that the right stone is used. The web is only one component of a, a successful protection system. It includes the geotextiles and the clean stone. It should be perforated so that you get lateral interlock of the granular material as well as lateral flow of water. Um, and we have a couple of patented, unique um, um, ancillaries with our product that make the installation easier and quicker and guarantees a longer term performance. Mm. So the, the, the products I would avoid 
are products that have big cells, you know, 400 mil diameter cells, products that are not perforated or textured. Um, I think the um, there are some products made from geotextile. I'm not sure they're actually, if you read the latest APN 12, I think there's advice there not to use that type of, mm. of, um, of geo cell. Um, and speak to the people who know what they're doing and are interested in this industry yes. and not just interested in selling a product. And I've been doing this since 1997. Very fortunate at the time to get introduced to these types of products. Um, and they've stuck with me ever since. So mm. I'm not saying we're the only company. We're not. There are a couple of others that do it properly. Um, but GeoWeb is the original product. Yeah. Um, and it's got, we have the most um, prolific um, engineering um, backup support in America if we need it, which we generally don't. But if we do, we provide, you know, as I said, site-specific method statements I go to sites to have a look before, during and after to make sure everything's okay. So we care about the industry, not we don't just care about the products. Yeah, and and then that's that's key. It's the whole value proposition thing, isn't it? You know, um yes. at, the, at the end of the day, if um if their if their if their roadway, if their path fails at some point in the future because of an inferior product a product, the the knock on effect of that is is massive. It can create all sorts of problems. I can just imagine cells failing and potholes forming and, and, and all sorts of uh, all sorts of nightmares. I mean certainly from our perspective there's only there's only two um, two products that we recommend within our reports as well and GeoWeb's one of them. So but Roy You've been great with your time. You've been great with the information. It's really, really useful to deep dive into this a little bit because it is something that gets specified um, with massive frequency. And what would be great would be, just as we wrap up, really, just be if you could let people know how they can reach uh, you and get in contact with you. Perfect. Thanks, Matt. <clears throat> so it's Roy Partington, um, and my email address is Roy at greenfix.co.uk. Um, I'm on LinkedIn. If anybody would like to connect with me on LinkedIn, um, the company website is just www.greenfix.co.uk. And um, I'll not give my mobile number out. No, don't do I'm that. Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm well, sorry. Yeah, pr- pr- protect, protect your sanity, protect your time. Yeah. Otherwise you'll yeah. be, uh, you'll be, you'll be phoned up left, left, right and center. It's, um, it's, it, it's really interesting to speak to you, Roy. It's a, it's a fascinating, it's a fascinating niche. And um, yeah, thanks a lot for, for coming on the show. And uh, I'll pop all the Roy's details at the bottom in the show notes. And anybody that wants to get in contact with Roy can uh, reach out. So thanks a lot, Roy. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, and Matt. we will Thank speak you. to you soon. Cheers now. Thanks again. Bye. Cheers. Bye. Bye.